Welcome to 50 Shades of Shilamita, the podcast where nothing is off limits. As a multidimensional sovereign mom, partner, CEO, serial entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author, I am on a mission to help more women and men become fully embodied in their sovereignty and power so they can live their truth, speak it unapologetically, and live a life free from the matrix. Each week, I will bring you episodes that will awaken you, inspire you to think outside of the box, and step into the leader that you know that you are. The world needs more people who are walking their talk and unafraid to stand in their truth, and I'm here as your guide to help you do just that. Today, I'm super excited. I have a guest coming on who is one of my mastermind sisters in a program I am called, I am in called The Channel. The Channel is a program with Melanie Ann Layer, my mentor. It is, has been such an incredible experience so far. Today, I want to talk to you about spiritual awakenings because Victoria is very in touch with herself as a psychic being, and I'm really excited about the conversations we're going to have today. So I'm so super excited to introduce to you my guest, Victoria Pippo was once portraying classic Disney princesses in the infamous Walt Disney Theater. I cannot wait to talk about that. And now she's a messenger and light worker for higher dimensional and extraterrestrial beings. Her mission involves contributing to the shift in human evolution by channeling information, providing energy healing through her psychic adeptness, and taking on intimate clients who are ready to upgrade their vibration through energetic support. Please help me welcome Victoria Pippo to the show. Thank you. What a welcome. You are just fabulous and amazing and all the things, and I cannot wait to dissect all the things I just introduced you as, but just give me a brief down on who you are as a human, who you are as a spiritual soul, and how you want the world to know. Well, the first thing that I wanted to add in was that it doesn't matter how I want to be seen, because ultimately people are going to see me how they want to see me. So even in that small, brief, little excerpt about who I am, there's going to be multiple different perspectives about how people think that I am, who they think I am. And so I guess the best part is that I'm kind of just an open conduit for the light. I am who people want me to be based on who they believe themselves to be. Through and through, I identify as a channel and a messenger and a deliverer of information to assist the shift in human history. Oh, my God, I love you. You see, this is why I love you, because you're just so full of depth. But nothing just is. It's just you have such an openness about you to really help people to think. The first thing that I want to ask you about is the whole Disney experience, because that must have been an interesting experience. I've been a performer ever since I was seven years old. So as a child, I was placed into performing competitions, singing competitions. So I had been competing as a professional singer before I even knew what a belief system was. But I had adopted all these belief systems about being a musical theater performer, hitting the big apple, you know, hitting the big stage in New York City and being a Broadway star. That was the only goal for me. 
that was the only thing that there was. I was very identified with this storyline as being a performer. And I booked my first job out of college, actually, was to portray Elsa for Disney Cruise Line in their Walt Disney Theater. So I spent nine months singing arguably probably one of the most challenging songs in musical theater history, saying let it go for nine months. And then I was offered another contract to portray Mary Poppins on their cruise ship. So I had a nice little dance with the cruise line company for two years, but it wasn't until my last contract where I portrayed Mary Poppins, where my spiritual awakening started. And I realized that I enjoyed portraying characters, but that I really felt like there was more and that I was almost beyond the portrayal of other people, that my own message mattered and that stepping up into the next level of my mission was going to be asked of me. That is so cool. I'm curious to know, because I know that you're very awake and you know what's happening in the world, and because we are on Freedomizer Radio, everybody loves conspiracy talk here, but Obviously, Disney is very involved in, you know, or it is alleged that Disney is very involved in, you know, pedophilia and all child trafficking Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. When you were working from the inside, were you seeing any of that kind of stuff? Was there any kind of talk of that stuff happening? I think what's interesting about that company specifically is that, it's such a facade that nobody talks about what's really going on. And I think that's an intentional metaphor. You know, they put on these characters and these characters as an attempt to almost blindside us from what may actually be happening. I mean, I learned about phallic symbols in the Disney movies not that long after my spiritual awakening. And it was heartbreaking to learn that there were phallic symbols all inside of the Disney movies. And in that moment, it was like, have I been lied to? Like, what what actually is the foundation of this company? And through that, I think there are so many other things that unplugged me from that company that I simply just, I can't know about. And if I did know about it, I think it would only just confirm why I unplugged myself from that company. Yeah, totally, 100%. I mean, as a mom, too, first of all, I used to love Mickey Mouse. I had a thing for Mickey Mouse. My old kitchen was Mickey Mouse. I was definitely, and now I realize I was definitely in the mass psychosis, right? Because it's like they want to do that to you. They want you to fall in love with this mouse and this fairy tale kind of thing, but it's actually pretty scary because, It is a total facade. So you have the spiritual awakening. You're singing on the cruise line. So what happens next? (laughs) Well, in between shows, you'd find me in my cabin meditating. So I would constantly use my time to meditate in my own quaint quarters of my cabin. Or you'd find me actually communicating with different crew members that felt like they needed to work on the ship, of course, because they live in different places all over the globe that maybe can't support them financially in the same way as the ship does. And so I actually almost inadvertently started my online spiritual business through making different connections with some of the crew members on the ship. That's awesome. And were you in your 20s at this point? How old were you at this point? So I was 20, 
four and now I'm 27. So I'm still a child. Wow. You're only 27. That's incredible. (laughs) I just want you guys to know that I get to see Victoria and feel her energy very intimately in this group called the channel that we're in and, and being able to have these conversations and seeing people, you know, that call themselves psychic, that do this kind of work. I remember when I was in my twenties that there was nobody I could have these conversations with. There was no way that there was a live radio show that had people that were talking about any kind of psychic abilities or spiritual awakenings or meditating or, you know, my awakenings also happen in the 23-ish phase. But I think it's really interesting to to see where it happened for people and how it happened for people so that people who are going through it know that they're not doing it alone. Absolutely. And for most people, I I believe that their awakenings come from some of the their darkest nights of the soul. And for me at that time of my life, I would have considered it to be one of my darker nights of the soul simply because it was a reoccurring pattern that was a self-perpetuated sabotage that played out in some of my intimate relationships. Whereupon I caused a separation in a relationship that meant a lot to me. And that's what kind of catapulted my awakening to starting to ask myself different questions instead of blaming my external reality for why I was alone or why certain partners couldn't, you know, match my expectation. It became an inner reflection of, well, why am I the common denominator in every single relationship that's failed? I think that for a lot of people is the beginning of their ascension process where they start to ask a different question because they're looking for a different answer now. Yeah, I love that. I think it was the same thing for me. I must have started asking myself a different question because things just weren't going the way that I wanted them to go. And the biggest awareness for me was really realizing that I didn't have the things that I desired because I didn't even know what I desired, right? I was looking at other people with jealousy and envy, but it was like I didn't even ask the universe for those things. Yes. Yes. Ask and you shall receive, they say. But most of the time we ask, but then we're not on the receiving end of it. So we ask and we ask and we ask and then we get mad at God or the universe or source for not bringing it into our energy, into our experience, because we're not actually on the receiving end of it. Being open to receiving, I think, is one of the most important things that we can invite in in the pursuit of developing our spiritual connection. I agree 10,000%, and that was an awakening for me just recently. Actually, I would say it was within the last year that I really realized that as much as I am open to receiving, I really wasn't. I really had a lot of receiving blocks, and becoming aware of that knowing has shifted everything for me, because when you allow for yourself to receive, it's such a beautiful thing. I completely, that lands really strongly for me. And when that moment happened for me, and it's still, it just depends on the day. It depends on my bleed cycle. It depends on what's going on in my life. But most of the time, it it, it asks me the question of, well, how much am I giving? 
because oftentimes people who have challenging relationships with receiving come from the fact that they're overgivers to the detriment of themselves. So if we want to ask people what's their relationship with receiving, I think the better question to ask is, well, what's your relationship with giving? Because if you only learn to receive from giving to others, then you really haven't experienced the unconditional receivership that you're worthy of as you are, like being worthy of receiving without having to give anything back. Wow, that's so powerful, right? Because even as little human beings, we learn that when we give, we receive, right? It's always this, you give, you receive, you do this, you get an an award, right? Even like with dogs, like be good, you get a treat. So I remember when my, my oldest son was little, like a snack turned into a treat. And I remember saying to my sister-in-law, why do you call it a treat? Like, why are we giving them a treat? It like didn't make sense to me. I didn't like the wording or the energetics around it because we are trained and conditioned at a very young age that the only way to receive is by giving. So it's so powerful that you bring that up right now. And it's it's a really important part of where we are energetically on this planet right now. Are we buying into the illusion that we are only enough so long as we are constantly outputting energy? What about the input of energy? This is the divine feminine rising upon this planet, bringing flow back into our energy fields, bringing presence, bringing worthiness back into our energy fields, unconditional worthiness, I, I should add. Being worthy and enough to receive the divine love as you are, perfect as you are. And for a lot of people, including myself, depending on the moment, that makes me cringe. Yeah, I can totally understand that because I try to connect myself back to, you know, where the awakening started for me. And when I first met Ben 11 years ago, I really was in a place of deserving. I knew that I deserved unconditional love. I desired it so much and I connected to that feeling. And I just really knew that that's what I desired in my life. And in the worst part, I was doing a lot of mirror work. I was doing a lot of journaling around the worst thing. And then I called in that soulmate love for myself. So the unconditional love and deserving connecting those dots together is so important. Absolutely. And kind of piggybacking off of that and really just finding resonance in that when I met my partner, and I didn't mention this in my bio, because it's it's undoubtedly the most important part of who I am, but it's also extremely insignificant. But when I met my partner, my partner identified as female. And it was the first female I had ever been with in union, which was already very odd for me to be in a partnership with the same sex and to recognize that I actually knew very little about my own anatomy and really understanding my own self as a woman was bleak. And then my partner about six months to a year into our relationship came into the truth that they were actually transgender. And so my partner has been on this spiritual path, which that's like, that's a whole other different topic, the LGBTQ plus community and the distortion within the pronouns and all of that. However, my partner really bringing the lens of consciousness into his experience as he came into his truth. And that to me has been the pillar of constant check-in with myself of unconditional love. 
we think we unconditionally love someone until God forbid an ailment happens, disease happens. And in my case, in my partnership, my partner decides, by the way, I'm actually a man and I'm going to start testosterone and you're going to come on the journey with me if you choose to witnessing me changing genders entirely. It's reframed everything I ever thought about connection and attraction and desire and devotion. And in that, it almost was the most perfect way for spirit to bring me back full circle in the beginning of my awakening where the relationship I was in separated me and started my awakening to now being with somebody on this kind of journey where it's so, so such a human experience to watch the person that you love grow fucking facial hair, pardon my French. It, that to me has taught me so so much about my spiritual journey in ways that, again, it's hard to express. Victoria, I love watching this part of your journey, by the way. It's so fascinating to me. I've gotten to see it for a while now. So I, I'm also watching your partner change. And I think it's an incredible, it, it, like part of the human experience, the spiritual experience, I can totally understand. And you just, you speak about it so beautifully and you help people to understand that, you know, it's interesting that LGBTQ plus uh, the conversation, I, yep. I wanted to have this conversation with you because I think it's so important for people to hear, but in vulnerability, when I have this conversation with people, I'm called really bad things, but I know that you know my heart and you know I'm coming from a good place when I speak of these things. So I'm excited to explore this conversation with you because, you know, I have children right now and what's happening in the classrooms. I don't know if you're aware. I know you're not in the States, right? You're in Canada. Yeah. So in the States, they're, they're trying to teach about inclusion, which I agree with. I think that there needs to be some level of inclusion, but what they're teaching now is that boys are not boys if they have a penis and that girls are not girls if they have a vagina. And they want to start this education as young as kindergarten. And I'm wondering from your perspective, living through this as a young adult and, you know, watching your partner go through this, have you guys even spoken about, is this even a thought for you that, that this is happening? Or I know the fact that you don't have children, it may not be even a topic for you, but going through this experience, I'm wondering if you guys have had this conversation about this being taught in the classroom. Oh, yes, we've had this conversation briefly about it. And the, the way that I stand on this is, well, why would I trust that the intention behind anything to do with the system could have any remote intention of purity? I think that's very different. I think that's an important conversation to have. Like, who's the one that's facilitating the curriculum being taught? That's more important than what's actually being said. Because the way I stand on this is I think the most important conversation we should be having with young individuals is re reminding them that their souls and that their souls are inherently genderless and they get to decide the trajectory of who they want to be as opposed to creating this distortion of, well, if you're a biological man, then you have a, a penis. And if you don't, then you're this. It's like, really pulling back what the true essence is of what's important, which is that we are souls 
and the soul has no gender. We have a physical body that biologically tells us loosely what gender we are supposed to be. And that doesn't ultimately hold the same weight as, well, we are but souls having a human experience. So my partner gets a lot of heat at times because my partner is sovereignly choosing to change his gender. He's made it abundantly clear that if he did not take testosterone to change his, his physical appearance, it would make zero difference about the fact that he is a man. And you hold this conversation up to people who say, I need testosterone. How dare you invest, you know, testosterone when other people around the globe need it. And the way we see need, that's coming from lack. That person is already not whole. The difference in my relationship mm. is that my partner is already a whole individual and understands that they are a man with or without facial hair, top surgery, bottom surgery. None of it changes the foundation of who he knows himself to be. So that's a challenging conversation because most people who are approaching this conversation are not whole. They're not whole. They are not divine. They are not connected to their divine self. So they're approaching it from, I need testosterone in order to get to some external reality that's going to make me feel like my internal reality. My partner, however, mm. is I'm a soul having a human experience who is already whole with or without hormones. And I believe that that is the approach, the most liberated approach one can take. Because if, God forbid, something were to happen where Hayden was no longer able to receive testosterone and he would slowly start to kind of produce eggs and et cetera, et cetera, it, it wouldn't hold weight to him in the same way that it would a lot of people who started it because they weren't whole to begin with. That's so interesting and that's so powerful and see that's exactly what I'm talking about like having this yep. conversation with you and then having this conversation with someone who's trying to educate our children it's like it's black and white you know it's like it's not even the same conversation because I fully understand it the way that that you're explaining it and it's it's not the way that it's being explained to our children. And that's what's so infuriating and frustrating for me is that, you know, we are all having our own human experiences here and we are supposed to be allowed to do that. And the influence and the brainwash that's happening to us is really scary. And I, I wish that there was more people who could speak to sovereignty and being whole in, in yourself. And but how do we teach that in the classroom when they're when they're you know focus is on passing tests and doing things like black and white, you know, like this is the way it's got to be by the book. And who chooses Absolutely. that book? <laughs> That's. I believe the more important question, who's choosing this book? Because if you ask most people, including myself, who went through the entire education system, went to college, I have a Bachelor of Music. If I look back on those years, I do not, cannot confidently say that I gathered life skills. I learned all of my life skills when I was living real life. Why are we not teaching people how to be sovereign? Why are we not teaching them how to balance their mindset? How they, why are we not teaching children young that they create their reality? If you think a positive thought, it creates your reality. Or if you feel something, it's okay to feel it. Why are we 
intentionally distorting the field so that people are confused as heck about who they truly are. Because if we were to awaken, if all of us were to awaken about the power that we have and who we truly are, we wouldn't need these systems. We wouldn't need anything. We'd all be living outside of the matrix. But because of the fact that this is programmed to teach us, you save all your money and then you retire and then then you start to live, we're completely enslaved by this system that that is founded upon keeping us in amnesia and asleep to how powerful we truly are. I just love the fact that you've awakened so much at your young age. I mean, my awakening started that young, but the whole education awakening only happened for me during COVID. I really woke Mm. up to the fact that why am I sending my kids to this public school where I have no idea what they're teaching my kids all day long, and they're teaching them math in the stupidest way possible, and they're making Mm -hmm. them feel like they're stupid, and they can't accomplish things, and then, you know, I I really started to put myself in my oldest shoes, because I hated school when I was younger, and then you are told that you're supposed to go to college, you have to take these loans in order to pay for this college, and then you get out and you get a job that doesn't even afford you the money to pay off the loans. So then you're stuck in the system paying for the loans for the rest of your life. And I think that that happened during COVID when they started giving out all of the PPP and the SBA loans here in the States, the government started giving out loans. And it, like, made me realize, like, oh, my God, this is what they're doing. They're trying to entrap us again, right? So maybe we've paid off our education debt, but now they're trying to entrap us with another loan so that they can get interest off of us for the rest of our lives. They literally want us to spend our life preparing to die. And then when we die is the only time that we actually live. That's the foundation of what they're doing. They're making us wait to live our lives because they're lying to us about who we truly are. The fact that we could unplug ourselves at any time. So then when we're on our deathbed, we look back at our life and say, well, that was okay. Maybe next time. And then we come back again and do it all over again. So the entire system is founded upon future fulfillment that never quite ends up happening. Right. And the biggest lesson of the last two years for me has been living in the now, right? Like making the most out of this moment and this energy and everything in the now. I mean, I've had such great success over the last 10 years of my life, but I didn't even get to enjoy it in the moment because I was too busy chasing that next thing, that next moment, that end point, right? But what is the end point? There is no end point. It's the journey and the living in the now in this moment. We're here to experience life as the infinite creator incarnate. So we're here to be source, create space for source, the universe, to move through us. And the truth is there will be an end because we are infinite infinity doesn't have an end. If you look at the infinity symbol, where is the end of infinity? There is no infinity. So we're constantly trying to outrun the rushing to a future. And then the cycle begins and the cycle begins and the cycle begins. We think we get to an end. And just like the infinity symbol, the end is the beginning. 
So the only way to actually unplug from this reality is to plug into presence. Because when you're present, you're not in the future and you're not in the past. So you're creating the future from the present moment as opposed to bringing the past with you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love the way you just explained that. People need to go back and listen to that on replay. That was so yeah. good. <laughs> it's so true, though, right? Constantly in the need so to get somewhere true. else because we're running from a past that no longer exists, that only exists in the fabrication of our mind that we play out in the present. We constantly are in this space of neither here nor there. And the only place to be truly liberated is right here. That is so good. And it's so true. And that's why, you know, I talk about changing up routines. Like people get stuck in, in their routines, right? Your alarm goes off at the same time every day. You brush your teeth, you wash your hair, you take your shower, you get in your car, you go the same route to work every single day. You stop for the same coffee every single day. You have to change that stuff up because you're just living in this program that you've set up in your mind. But if you woke up in the morning and you shifted your routine and you took a different way to work and you went to a different coffee shop every other day, it makes you more aware and more conscious of the present moment. It makes you have to focus on what's happening in the now, right? Because we're constantly, we're living in the programming of our past creating our future now yes ma'am and so when you <laughs> unplug yourself from that moment and say let's say oh I have two options for coffee I could go to that local shop at Starbucks and I often go to Starbucks maybe I'll go to that local place then you'll see it's really sovereign because what ends up happening for most people is oh my goodness, there's a line of 20 people. What if I'm late? What if I don't get to work on time? What if, what if, what if, which is all attached to time. So now you really see that you're actually completely inflexible and that in and of itself is an opportunity for expansion because you should be able to pivot and be malleable with life because the only thing that's constant is change. Summer isn't like, oh my gosh, I wish it was spring. Or winter isn't like, oh my goodness, if, if I have to go through one more tree, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, let's just get to the flower bud. It's in its season as it is, and it accepts the flow of change as it is. But we are so rigid and so stuck in the, this mental enslavement that the moment that you say, instead of Starbucks, I'm going to go to the local coffee shop, you'll see right there just how enslaved you truly are. Yeah, it's so powerful, right? It's like this is the thing. They teach us that you go to work, you have children, you put them in daycare. From daycare, you put them in the school system. You allow other people to teach your children, which at some point, I feel like when I was a kid, I didn't know my teacher's political stance. I didn't know their sexual preferences. You didn't even know where the teacher lived, if they had children. It was very like that person was neutral, you know, and that person taught from a lesson book that was approved by the Board of Education. But now it's turned into this whole personal experience where you are being educated by that person's emotions, that person's yes. traumas, that person's, you know, way of life. And so 
we need to shift the paradigm now, you know, where we need to really educate our children. And I'm so grateful for my awakenings and what my children get to see. Because right now we are experiencing this beauty. I am on Anna Maria Island in Florida looking at the ocean. And, you know, my Mm. clients and stuff have been reaching out to me, apologizing to me. I'm so sorry to bother you on vacation. And I'm like, no, listen, my whole life is a vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I have set myself up where, like, this is it. Like, I love my life. I love talking to my customers. I love talking to my clients. Like, I'm I'm not working. It doesn't feel like work. You get to create your own reality. And look what you're exemplifying for your children in doing that. You're exemplifying that there is another way. That there is another way. And so what's happening collectively right now is that those of us that are awakened, we are the ones that are here for essentially the apocalypse. We are here for the destruction. We are here for the demolition of the age of Pisces, age of Aquarius. It takes, of course, it'll take a lifetime for this to fully shift into a new age and a new paradigm. But we're the ones that are here to demolish everything. So some of the oldest and bravest souls are here right now because we've lived through Angel and Miri Atlantean times. We've been and lived through multiple different wars. We've done this. That's why we're like, yeah, I'll opt in to COVID BS, please. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Let's do it. So we came on Earth knowing that there was going to be this charade that was going to play out. And the, the people who are incarnating right now, they're some of the most high vibrational extraterrestrial beings to be able to seed the planet with these higher frequencies, to encode the planet with the frequencies after we're gone. So we're here for the death, and then the newly incarnate are here for the rebirth, which is why the systems are trying to plant all of these seeds of fear and enslavement and entrapment inside of the school system because they understand that these children right now are actually the future. So what we're doing, we're demolishing the past. We're clearing out the systems. We're saying, at this, this doesn't work. This needs to change. This isn't going to fly. So that the newly incarnate individuals who are coming on the planet, they're here to create the new earth. So if you think about it that way, that we're here for the destruction and they're here for the rebuild, of course these systems are going to try to kind of implement these distorted thoughts into these children so that they don't awaken. But if we're awakened and we're over here saying, you know, in your case, to your children, like this is a possible reality, you're carrying your children outside of the matrix. You're actually helping plant the new earth. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that, I mean, for me, that made sense. <laughs> I don't know if it's making sense for the people who are listening, but for me, it totally lands and I totally get it. I, I totally understand why I brought all boys into this world at this point. You know, for a long time, I had a really hard time with the fact that I didn't have a daughter, but I'm starting to understand, you know, the reasoning behind that. I now understand why I have mothered so many children. You know, I do feel like it's part of my mission to change the paradigm, to break down these things. I do have one child who's still in the school system because I have a different father for that child, but he is so 
open and so awake right now. And it's just so incredible because this kid came home two years ago with a mask on and was wearing a mask at home. And it was like really Mm -hmm. interesting to watch his awakening because, you know, he came out of a liberal school system. And so he was scared and he was brainwashed. And here I'm like, no, but you know, you don't understand. This is what mommy has been fighting for because we've been in the medical freedom movement for so long that Aside from knowing now that I have psychic abilities that I knew already, I just knew by the pattern of what I was living through. But I want to touch upon that because you openly call yourself a psychic, which I love. I am just tapping into, you know, that, I don't want to say label, but how did you know, like, what is your psychic gift and how did you know that you had this gift? I developed all of my psychic abilities. So I am clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient, claircognizant, if you know what those mean. If not, that's okay. Essentially, I can pick up a bunch of different ways to communicate with spirit. But it started for me with clairsentience. And so clairsentience is essentially the ability to be able to feel spirit. I was living on my cruise ship, sitting in my meditation spot, and I'd start to feel this, like, cool breeze on my face. And I couldn't understand where it was coming from because it's all recycled air on the ship, and there's no air filtration system, so it didn't really make any any sense. So then I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll just move my meditation spot, and I'll go try it in another place in my room same breeze. I'm feeling it right now. And so I'm like, okay, that's weird. But I keep trying to place myself mm-hmm. in different places around my room because of course the logical mind's like, what is going on? My meditations were getting deeper. I felt a stronger connection. I was starting to see visualizations, but I didn't really know what it meant yet. I was just a student. And then one day in meditation practice, I was finally like, I I asked out loud, what is this? What is coming, this breeze, what is this? And this voice came through my right ear, and it said, I am your grandfather. I have been here all of your life, and I am your spirit guide. And I have never met my grandfather before. But in that moment, this huge whiff of, like, campfire, campfire smoke just flew through my entire face. It was the most miraculous thing. I was like, okay, something is going on here. So I ran upstairs and I called my mother because my mother's father passed quite young. I never met my grandfather. And I said, did I ever tell you that I talked to grandpa? And my mom said, you would always say that grandpa's here. Grandpa's here. When I was a really small child. And I said, did I ever tell you that grandpa Mm. lived on a certain side of my body or that I was speaking to him and he was somewhere? My mom said, you always said he lived on the left side of your body that he was always sitting on your left shoulder. And that was probably the first aha moment for me. And then coupled with that, my mother said that she would go camping with my grandfather all of her life. They had an RV and they would take the RV and head over to Florida and they would always have campfires. So in that moment, those two abilities were the beginning of me really starting to question and also inquire big part of growing your spiritual abilities, your psychic gifts particularly, is inquiry, inquiring about more than to receiving, and then trusting what's coming through. So through that practice of, if my spirit guides are here, please amplify your presence, to feeling their presence, 
Then I started to hear consistent messages. Then I started to see things and draw things. And, oh, my gosh, is that an extraterrestrial being I just drew? And what is that? Oh, they're from Andromeda. What the heck is that, Google? Oh, my gosh, there's a planet called Andromeda, and there are these green beings. And, oh, my, like, that's how my process was through inquiry, through non-judgment, through curiosity. And since then, I've been able to develop all of my psychic abilities. I don't play in mediumship just simply because I personally find it a little misaligned for me to step into that realm with the spirit world. I like my boundaries. However, through this, I have a beautiful connection with different extraterrestrial beings, archangels, higher dimensional beings, and my guides. Wow, that's amazing. In listening to you speak, you just awoken things in me because I just recently have owned the fact that I am clairaudient. I do hear voices. For years, I joked around. Like, people would be like, when I was an acupuncturist, how do you know it's a needle? And I'd be like, I hear voices in my head. And, like, I really would. Mm -hmm. I would, like, leave a room, and sometimes I would hear, go back and do this. And so, you know, like, I, I didn't really realize what it was. But, again, over the last two years in doing shadow work and, and really, you know, digging deep, I really started to know and understand that the voices come very clearly for me. But in listening to you speak right now, the feeling, I've had that too. And I just didn't even realize or know it until this moment. So that's really cool. And Mm -hmm. I love teaching people about this because we all have psychic abilities and people really don't know that or it freaks them out to know it and I just love the fact that I'm able to have this conversation with you so freely and so normal because when I was your age there was no way like if I tried to have this conversation with someone they would have thought that I was nuts in the Mm -hmm. world that we live in with the women that we get to spend our time in this is like a normal kind of conversation so I want people listening to really know that If you hear things, you see things, you feel things, you dream things, like it's all normal and that this is something that you can tap into and you can develop if you choose to. Absolutely. Try to ignore it too, but I don't think that's going to work for you for too long. (laughs) Mm -mm. And I think we all have the same desire to understand why we're here. Why are we here? What is the purpose of being here? What is my purpose for being here? And in my own unique experience, the only way that I was able to find that missing piece was through inviting in my relationship with spirit. Spirit was the only way to navigate this mortal existence. Like, wait, I come on this earth, I live a hundred years, and then I die? Where do I go? What's the point? What? What? That's a short life. What's the point of being here? And through the awakening and the remembering of spirit, it was the only thing that actually filled that gap for me. And I think for a lot of people, we spend our lives people passing on, feeling upset with God that it wasn't their right time, that they, they should have had more. And when you bridge that gap, you remember that everything is perfect as it is. And so just kind of a a little story about the fact that my grandmother who is still living is quite old and is very close to transitioning and that's my grandfather's 
partner. And so I'll bring my grandfather through in my meditation, and then I'll bring my grandmother through through my third eye. And we will spend time together. And my grandmother and my grandfather, they'll take me through different moments of their life together. So I'll be able to watch them live their lives together in union. They'll talk to me about how close my grandmother is to transitioning on this planet. And my grandfather will give me advice on how to navigate my grandmother passing. And I wish that degree of comfort and safety that I feel knowing that death is an illusion and that I have the opportunity to feel that deep connection to my grandmother and to her entire existence in a way that it brings that peace to death in a way that nothing else can. Oh, I love that. That's so amazing because people, they think of psychic abilities and they think that it's weird or, or they're scared by it or, you know, they put like such a negative connotation on it. But the way that you just explained it made it feel so good. And, and I have to tell you, you know, before you came on the show, I was saying that in my gratitude work, I've shifted my gratitude over the last couple of years where I wake up every morning and I thank God, universe, the angels, the ancestors, anyone who's here with me. And I say, thank you. I say, thank you for my bed, my sheets, like whatever comes out. And I used to be really cranky in the morning. And and now it has like shifted my whole day. It's like, they wake me up before my alarm goes off to have that minute with them. And it is just such an incredible shift in life. It makes you feel so much better. Gratitude. Being grateful for being here, being grateful for having another day, taking not a single moment of this precious life for granted, because this is the funnest planet to be on. We get to live in a world where we are a paradox. Really, we are life and death at the same time. We are constantly experiencing both metaphoric and literal life and death at the same time. And there's something really beautiful about that. And this is one of the only that we have this ego. We've got this mind that's like, I don't want to wake up early in the morning or five more minutes. or I don't want to go to the gym or spirit's not real because you can't see it. It's like, I only believe what I can see. And that contrast is actually the reason why we come here because it is so much fun to play this game of life because when you touch spirit and you feel spirit in your life you're like boom I had a jackpot because I brought myself to this level of trust in something that I cannot see and the more that you start to trust what you can't see the more trust you have in what you can't see than what you can see and that's a level of empowerment that I wish everybody could have Oh, my God. I just love you. I love the way that you talk about these things. You are just so amazing. We are running out of time. Before we run out of time, I want to talk about your business. I read a post the other day. Maybe it was yesterday. You had started your business in the midst of 2020, and you have brought in multiple, multiple six figures. I am so proud of you. You are so amazing. Tell us what you do in your work. I love you for this. Thank you so much for gifting me the space to be able to talk a little bit about what I do. So in the same way that I communicate with higher dimensional or extraterrestrial beings, I can actually bring forward your soul in my meditation practices. And I can see in your in my meditation practices all your ailments all of your physical blockages in your chakras, all of the stories that are impeding you becoming your higher self and consider me like an energetic surgeon. So what I do is I open you up 
and I tweak, 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 and I fix, and your entire life's changed. I've helped people through suicidal depression. I've helped people leave their matrix job in like less than one week. Decades of programming gone like that in a week. I help people come back to their true selves. And I do that from the comfort of my own meditation. So I invoke souls here existing on this planet and I clear and cleanse what is no longer serving them so that they can actually align with their higher selves. And in that, the blessing is that I also get to make the kind of wealth, the financial wealth that allows me to be able to travel the world, take care of my family, and to continue to serve spirit in the way that feels most aligned for me. You are a spiritual surgeon. That is incredible. I love that about you. That I just like pictured the whole description and I was like, I need that. Victoria, how can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? You are more than welcome to follow me on Instagram. That's Victoria Pipo. Or you can also do my Facebook. Same thing, Victoria Pipo. Those are typically the two best ways that we can connect. And Pipo is P-I-P-P-O, right? That's right. Awesome. Victoria, this was so amazing. I loved spending this time with you today. I just knew that I would have a thousand things to talk to you about. We would run out of time. But before we do run out of time, is there any last thought or thing you want the audience to know or be left with before we end? Hmm. I actually felt called to grab an oracle card. And I grabbed an oracle card that was called Wisdom of the Divine Feminine. So whoever you are, if you found your way here, whatever confirmation you needed that you were on the right track, that you were following the direction necessary for you to align with whatever was best for you, this is your confirmation. This is your confirmation that you're on the right track. Oh my God, I love that. What a great card to pull for this call. You are amazing. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Thank you so much for sharing your heart. Thank you for sharing your story your love story, your transition story, all of the things. You're so open and so giving with who you are as a person. And I just love you as a human. I love your soul. I love everything about you. Thank you again for being here with me. It was such an honor, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. So we are going to say goodbye to Victoria at this time and wasn't that amazing i want to know all of your thoughts on the show come find me on my social media channels thank you so much for listening to 50 shades of shilamita your support means the world to me and most of all i love knowing that these episodes are creating massive impact in your life Love the episode, share the love on social media, and tag me at 50 Shades of Shilamita. And let us know your favorite takeaway. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts as it helps us get into the ears and hearts of more listeners who need our message and be entered to win some incredible prizes. I am so grateful for you. Thank you.